Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts, such as ourselves, examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Pete Three Taylor from Star Wars Minute. I'm Alex Robinson from Godfather Minute. Oh, threw me a curve there. <laughs> you gotta keep on your toes. Mm. Well, um, today, we are here to talk about uh, minute 58 of the North by Northwest. Not the North by Northwest, but you know what I mean. Um, 58 starts with uh, Roger Thornhill telling Eve that he likes her flavor. <laughs> and uh, it ends with Eve telling the porter uh, not to bother with the washroom. So, The seduction uh, on the train continues. Exactly. Um... Yeah, this is a, a continuation of... of uh, so, finally, here, the porter is our C-3PO. RC-3PO. He's our C-3PO for this. Not RC-3PO. Our mm -hmm. C-3PO. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, I do want to uh, want to take one moment to, to uh, express the irony um, of that, uh, of course, last week, uh, Indiana Jones Minute guys had... Uh, they had their minutes... And as soon as Jerry Porter is done, we get a week that has a porter. So, hmm. Should have called him back. Get, uh, get, get back here. We got minutes with a porter here. Talk about your family history of porting. I wonder if next week there'll be a retailer on the, the movie. Oh, boy. Whoever's doing next week, you better tell me. Give me a call. <laughs> Eight day Greedo. Um, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the porter in question. Here, here's mm -hmm. the first new character that we we get. I I, I believe this mm -hmm. is the first time we're seeing him in the film. Could be wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably. So I will I will assume that nobody has yet um, spoken of the porter. Um, the porter, our our very own C three PO, is a uh, uh, uncredited, but played by <laughs> Ernest Anderson. Ernest Anderson. Ernest Anderson. And um, Ernest Anderson, like in a nutshell, it's a, it's a very uh, you want to encapsulate Hollywood. Um, <clears throat> Ernest Anderson had um, a career of uh, of kind of roles like this. Um, mm -hmm. If uh, if you go through, he plays like valet, waiter, porter, and uh, you know it, it likely uh, it has to do with his darker skin. Um, and that was, you know, not uncommon, um, for, uh, actors, um, to, to be kind of cast, uh, uh, roles like that. But, um, the, um, I have, again, I'm checking my, um, oh no, I'm, I'm seeing something else here. But my source is, uh, kind of contradicting um the imdb page so now i don't know what to uh i don't know what's true and what's not anymore but uh but in um you know he's he's got a lot of uh, uh previously he's got a lot of these you know servant red cap um houseboy etc um up until um you know he's still playing some in into the into the 70s 60s 70s he's still playing them but i have him uh, according to this, in the coma from 1978, mm -hmm. he plays First Doctor. 
Oh wow, that's a that's a step up at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think or that's that's order to a doctor. We finally made a little bit of progress there. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Um, although, um, his uh, his career didn't uh, Ernest Anderson's career didn't uh, didn't go f- too far beyond the nineteen seventy eight. Um, on IMDb, the last thing he's credited with is the Last of the Good Guys, the TV movie. 78 where he played uncle stan um and i don't know uh not <coughs> gotta give him credit for having his last movie have the last in it like yeah that's the way you gotta you go could, out the yeah. final this mm-hmm. and uh so he um but after that uh not much uh else although he uh he sadly is no longer with us but uh, he didn't uh that didn't pass away until uh 2011 so mm-hmm. um I don't know. It's an interesting uh, career. I wonder if that was a choice or if that was a um, um, you know, if that was just kind of he couldn't find work. Although, interesting. Looking up his bio now. <clears throat> um, he um, he persuaded uh, John Huston. He was uh, he he uh, interviewed for the role of Perry Clay in the. In this our life, 1942, and he per- persuaded John Huston to change the racist dialogue of his character, typical of Hollywood in that era, to one of dignified intelligence and emotion. Hmm. Um. Then he went uh, went off to World War II, and when he came back, he um. It, so it, despite being kind of typecast into um these kind of uh, role more traditional, you know, more like servant uh, style roles. So he remained active in film, uh, uh, humanizing the roles of America's black performers. So, the good not only, not only did he finally. It's good to see that he uh, he was trying to bring little bits of change, and then uh, uh, by the end got to uh, got cast as doctor. Um, <laughs> his his mother must have been so proud that he was finally a doctor. Finally a doctor. Um. Anyway, we've made some progress. There's still a lot of work to be done, but. Uh, yeah. Well, on a related matter, have you ever heard the story of the of the George Pullman porters? Um, I, possibly. Do, do tell. So, uh, obviously, train travel was very popular around the middle of the century, as this movie attests. Middle of the 20th century, I guess I should specify. Um, and so there was a, there was a company, the Pullman uh, Railroad, which was uh, one of the big companies. And I, I always got confused with the Paxton Railroad. Mm. <laughs> Tony Paxton. Um, so the guy, George um, Pullman, who run the company, his policy was, hey, everyone, like uh, you can call every porter on our train line, George. You don't have to learn any porter's name. You just say George and one of them will respond to you. You know what I mean? Like basically you could just they were all had to answer to the name George, all porters. Huh. And um so, you know, something kind of weird about that. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, um, so as if that wasn't bad enough, then a guy um, named uh, a lumber baron uh, whose, whose first name was George started an organization called the Society for Prevention of Calling Sleeping Porters George. Ah. Huh. And, uh, no, no, he's not a hero. Don't think he's doing it because he wanted to defend the humanity of the, 
of the Pullman porters, he because his name was George, he just didn't want his name being associated with right. uh, black Pullman porters. So the, the organization was created kind of as a as like a satire. But mm. clearly it's a uh, it's a weird thing. But uh, yeah. So at least uh, she did refer to him as George in the movie. So that's uh, that's right. that's good. So um, I wonder if that was a trademark thing. That's uh... Oh, I wonder, like they couldn't, so they couldn't use it because then they would get sued by the Pullman. Uh... Right. Just like, you know, the, the, uh, the color brown is, is the trademark of, of UPS. What do you so mean? Like you, it, you can, it's not a copyright, but it's a trademark. So if you're doing anything in, in like, you know, shipping and packing delivery, you can't use the color brown. Oh, because then they see that's their, that's their turf. Right. Interesting. Wow. Um, so that's a, that is a weird, uh, ironic given that we were talking Yeah, I wonder if George was, was trademarked that they, uh, um, yeah, yeah, because what is this? Is um, it's not it's a fictional train line or is it a real train line? This is um, 20th Century Limited. That's a real, that was a real thing, right? Not, I think so. Um, so we'll see what uh, the 20th Century. Uh, 20th Century Limited was an express passenger train on the New York Central Railroad from 1902 to 1967. Traveled between Grand Central and uh, LaSalle Street Station in Chicago. Along oh, the so just water level route. That's funny because to us, that seems so like such a bit of arcane trivia. Right. But I'm sure to people at the time, they were like, you know, they were like, the limit, it doesn't stop at, you know, at that terminal. Like people at that time would have known like what that was. And, you know, it'd be like saying, yes, I landed my plane at, uh, you know, O'Hare Airport in Philadelphia. You know, Mm -hmm. people in the future won't. Anyway. Um, Uh, was described in the, uh, advertised as the most famous train in the world and described hmm. in the New York Times having been known to railroad buffs for 65 years as the world's greatest train. Hmm. Um, uh, well, speaking of trains, have you ever ridden in a, one of those compartments? Uh, no, not on a train, not on a plane, not with a goat, <laughs> not on a boat. Um, no, I, I, um, I would love to. It seems like they're like, um, you know, you would think that that train travel would be cheaper than air travel. Like they want to, you know, if they wanted to make themselves a more attractive alternative, mm-hmm. they would lower the price. Um, you know, if if you if I wanted to take all week to uh you know to go to Chicago, um you, you would think you'd be like hey well for the same price as a as an airline ticket you can get a nice little you know stateroom and you can go and have a you know but um no like a, just like a regular like sitting seat on a train is like the same price as an airline ticket. Um, I think they they time. think their whole market is just people who are too afraid to fly or or cannot fly because of uh, they're on the no do not fly list. Mm. Um, although my wife, uh, with her family, they once took the train uh, cross country, but they did not get um, a, a, like a cabin like this. They didn't get a room. They were just in seats. Oh my gosh, that sounds awful. Yeah, it it, it seems kind of romantic at the time. Like, oh yeah, it'll be you know we'll be able to walk around and whatever else. And then like as soon as you realize the the a- actuality of it, they were they were done by the time you know. Before they even got to Chicago. Plus, then at some point the train was stopped. Like the, the there was an impasse where like the train was was it ended up taking like an extra day or something because like they there was a some <coughs> a snow a snow issue or something like that where they couldn't get through. So it was just like not only were they trapped on the train and with two kids, um, 
Gosh. But uh, but they they were also like you know the train wasn't moving for a long time. From yeah, what that's I, not what I understand. It was a nightmare all around. Um. So I just looked. Uh, there are currently um three different um sleeping options mm-hmm. on on your standard cross on your Amtrak train. You got a roomette, uh-huh. which is two um like bunk beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it does not have a bathroom. Hmm. Uh, I think what our washroom, uh, washroom yes. <laughs> I guess you technically cannot take a bath. Don't in there. bother with the washroom. <laughs> um, the standard bedroom is a bath, is a washroom and two bunk beds. Mm-hmm. That's probably what they have here. They have the standard bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the bedroom suite, which is uh, um, two bedrooms attached by a door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that right, would be... Right. Uh, yeah. And then we have the family bath the family bedroom, uh, which you think, oh, that would be, that's perfect for the retailer family. It's two adults. It can sleep two adults and two children. Mm. It doesn't have a bath. It doesn't have a washroom. What? Why would you have the family bedroom not have a washroom? Families need washrooms the most. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess if you want to do that, you have to do a family bedroom and then a, a some other kind of suite that has a you know a standard bedroom so i don't know certainly don't make it seem very appealing no hmm. so wow i know those are all like like fifty thousand dollars each right <clears throat> i need i need to look how much that how much they i should have looked up how much it would cost to go from chicago to what you know what you vamp for a second i'm gonna look that up all right well um i will back up the train talk um you know as we uh <clears throat> as we covered the the first part of the movie started out in uh, in New York and um in particular one part um is a part that uh, and this could be um why we why I saw this film early on uh is because uh, the estate James Mason's estate I've forgotten his character name at the at the at the moment but um James Thornhill Mason, no well, Thornhill oh. is the uh Oh, right. Yeah. Wait, is it, it is Thornhill, isn't it? No. Roger Thornhill is Cary Granite. Right. But there's some confusion as, as to who's who. It's been a little while since I've seen this movie. They think he's George Kaplan. Okay. Right. Spy. Um, so at uh, his, his uh, estate, there's a, there's a whole bunch of play, uh, a whole bunch of scenes that take place at a kind of a mansion. Um, and that uh, mansion is uh, is was filmed at Old Westbury Gardens, which is a common um, field trip for for kind of Gold Coast um, elementary school students um, and, a, and a place that uh, I, I feel like I've been to on, you know, it's like a, like a park. There's a lot of uh, uh, former estates that are now parks um, around, uh, at least around New York, but I, I'm sure that's that's the case in a lot of places, but I feel like there's a lot of like, oh yeah, like, you know, Super rich oil people used to live here, and then when they died, they just made it into a m- museum and park or something. Right. And uh, Old Westbury Garden has been to a bunch of times, and so it was neat to see that. And, you know, I was familiar with that location before having seen the, the film. And so then to be like, oh, look, it was a, a, another, probably an early, um, one of the earliest times I recall seeing, uh, you know, outside of, of, you know, like the Empire State Building being in King Kong or something like that. But it was the first, you know, kind of, um, noticing a real world location, um, in in a film and, and being like breaking the kind of illusion a little bit because 
in the Empire in King Kong, the Empire State Building is still the Empire State Building, but here here's the, you know, old Westbury Gardens and it's supposed to be this guy's house, and you're like, wait a minute, I've been to that guy's house. Mm, wow. So it's a local, you know, it's a much like Gatsby. It's it's a local uh, you gotta watch North by Northwest, you gotta read Great Gatsby, all, all kinds of stuff that happens around uh, around where you where you grew up. Uh, that's always because I remember that being exciting when you were a kid, seeing something you recognize in a movie or a TV show. Right. Well, even not when you're a kid. I remember, you know, one of our that's earliest uh, trips out to L.A. to record, and uh, we were we were out here recording some Star Wars Minute episodes, and we ended up watching, like, the Rockford Files, and we're like, oh, hey, we were just there this week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But although it does, like, when you live in New York, it kind of, it kind of uh, you're like, oh, yeah, there's the Empire State Building. Right, yeah. So, so uh, update here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to leave Friday, if you and I wanted to leave Friday okay. uh, to go from New York to Chicago, um, we could get a roomette, which has that's the one with two bunk beds. Mm-hmm. Do you want? Do you insist on a bathroom, or can we just get two bunk beds? Oh, that one does have a bathroom too. Uh, Six hundred and eight and thirty dollars. That each, or is that for the room? I think it's for the room. Hmm. One reserved coat. Oh no, it's just per seat. One seat that is. So it's each six hundred and thirty dollars. Boy, see, what are they doing? But that's also. Um, oh, if you do it, you can get it. You can give two hundred sixteen dollars each. That was that's the flexible as opposed to the premium. Oh, okay. Also, keep in mind that the <clears throat> airlines. <clears throat> Keep in mind that the airlines are much more subsidized by, I think, than the uh, than the trains are. You know what I mean? Like, I think if the if the plane if the airlines had to pay for their own things, the tickets would be a lot more expensive. I think. Yeah, I thought that wasn't that the thing with the trains. I don't know. Anyway, All I know is that other countries have us beat in train transit. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. True. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I'd like to. I would love to. Uh, Two things that I would love to do um, is, you know, and again, this could be the romance of it, uh, uh, and then the actuality of it would be disappointing, but uh, is to do a, a, you know, sleeper car kind of train trip like that, and then to do a, um, I mean, th- we almost got this with the uh, the Fantusi cruise, but uh, to take a kind of an old, more of an old-timey um, cruise, you know, like a... Uh, not so much an entertainment ship. cruise, but like a like an older like a uh, not a Victorian era, but uh, you know more more of an old timey Atlantic crossing kind of vibe. <clears throat> not the old timey like you know not too old timey where it's like you know there's disease and and uh, danger, but um, you know I, I want to you know play whist on the deck and stuff like that. Uh, according to um, this website, I'm seeing here. Um... Uh, if railway, if Amtrak was an airline, it would be the fifth biggest airline in America. Hmm. Um, so, and also the, um, railroad, uh, railroads are responsible for eight, they get 15% of their stuff from, from subsidies, hmm. uh, highway and aviation users, uh, 50% is paid for by, uh, the government. Hmm. Interesting. So, so it's kind of a, it's kind of unfair because I'm sure if Amtrak could be competitive, if they had, you know, twice as much budget as they do now, I'm sure they could be uh, competitive. But, uh, 
Yeah. You, you know what? Let's start. We got to start a train line. Where you can do perfect. Maybe we can like sublet some of the like basically like they 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 need to work advertising into that more or something. I mean, you know, like like uh almost like a timeshare kind of thing where it's like, all right, you can you can ride from, you know, cross country on this train for, you know, a hundred bucks or ninety nine dollars. Um, but you have to watch this video from Geico. <laughs> you know, like that kind of a thing where it's like Oh yeah. Like pop up at. Yeah, essentially. Like oh my god, that would not be any more pleasant to be <laughs> to be sitting in a cabin with a TV blaring ads at you the entire time. Like wakes you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's like a gas station TV. I, I mark on my Google Maps when I when I fill up at a gas station and it has a TV that plays that you can't mute, I mark it on my mm-hmm. map and it's like never go here again. A gas station? Yeah. Do you not How long that? are you at the gas station that it's that long of a ordeal? Filling up with gas and it like as soon as you hit go, it's just like playing this obnoxious loud stuff through a tinny's little speaker never well you know what it is also i live in oregon we are one of the two states holding out that you are not allowed to pump your own gas so right. it's probably there you probably go why. but you don't get the the attendant doesn't uh, start blaring stuff at you, like news <laughs> and weather and... he's just yelling it at you it's supposed to be a tornado later our top story tonight <laughs> he used to keep running from car to car to start yeah. it every time <laughs> Uh, let's all I have for number. Oh, I do like the line where he says, "I'm beginning to think I'm underpaid." That's a good uh, yeah. line where she says, "You know, you, you get paid to trick people and make make right. women fall." A little off. bit uh, Jedi mind trick too. There, he's uh, hmm. he says yeah. something about uh, very clever with words. You could probably make them do anything for you. Sell people things they don't need to make women who aren't in who uh, who don't know you fall in love with you. So, are you saying he is mind tricking her, or she is mind tricking him into trying to make her fall in love with him? Um, I think she's uh, gaslighting him into thinking he's a Jedi. Whoa. Yeah. He's no Jedi. Mm. Uh, well, neither are we, but uh, we're going to do our best to continue to uh, bring you the uh, the scoop on North by Northwest um, all week. Um, if, we, uh, if you want to uh, keep up with the show, remember to subscribe, rate, review, subscribe. That's all good stuff. The shows love it. Um, it helps a lot with the algorithm and what have you. Uh, you can find the Hitchcock Minute uh, on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or go to HitchcockMinute.com. Uh, social media, you can find uh, the Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook. That's the listener group if you want to come back and comment and tell us how wrong we are about uh, trains. Uh, or uh, go to uh, Twitter and at Hitchcock Minute. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Pete the Retailer and Alex is at Arob Twit. And uh, our show at Star Wars Minute. Um, then um, we will be back tomorrow to continue our coverage uh, on here on the Hitchcock Minute. Hitchcock Minute. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.